Greetings, everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's free. That's right, Anchor is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings everyone, and welcome to another Ludicrous Car Review, or rather more specifically, the Ludicrous Car of the Month. That's right, we're approaching the end of the month, it's uh, coming up on the 25th. I figured it's appropriate to uh, well announce today's Ludicrous Car of the Month. In case you didn't get my... Um, subtle hints at uh, other episodes that I've done, you may already come to the realization that um, I'm doing a certain vehicle from a certain movie that I watched towards the beginning or rather the middle of the year. That is right, I'm covering the Batmobile, or rather specifically, the new Batmobile. What it looks like, what kind of engine and powertrain and power numbers does it have, and overall, my thoughts and opinions on it. But before I do that, I figure it's important for me to kind of give a good rundown of the ones that actually have appeared on the film. Now, I'm not going to go into super, a ton of detail on it, but I'll give some basic overviews of the vehicles that have been introduced as the Batmobiles in TV general. And um, I'm going to avoid the comic books because, well, I don't need to make a two-hour long podcast about the Batmobiles because, well, honestly, I don't even for Batman have that kind of attention. But the new Batmobile? Maybe I would. Anyways, let's start with, well, the first Batmobile ever to hit the TV series, shall we? And it wasn't really much of a Batmobile, to be honest. It was basically just a, uh, from the 1943 serial film Batman, it was basically a Black 39 Series 70 convertible, which was just basically the vehicle used by Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson on a normal day just with the top-up. And... Um, rather funnily, so chauffeured around by uh, Alfred for some uh, godly unknown reason. Anyways, moving on, we have the uh, 19, uh, 1949, I think, yeah, 49 serial of Batman and Robin, which was basically just a 1949 Mercury. Now there was, again, that was just a normal car, nothing spectacular about it. It wasn't like it was some kind of souped-up vehicle or like we see the movie's car now with gigantic wings and such, but it was basically just a well, normal vehicle. The first time we ever saw something that looked kind of, well, like a Batmobile, was actually in 1963, even before the, well, famous one we'll be discussing in a minute here. In 63, a promotional Batmobile began to tour around the country, and, um, well, it actually began to get a little bit of notes and actually began to get a, um, well, it was actually a pretty impressive-looking vehicle, to be honest. It was the first time it actually began to look like, you know, a Batmobile, a separate car. Apparently, it used a uh, 1956 Oldsmobile Rocket 58 chassis powered by an Oldsmobile Rocket 324 engine. Basically, it was created in 1960 and finished in 1963. It was created by Forrest Robinson of Westmoreland, and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good-looking car. It had a custom-made body. It was all black and sleek. Kind of looked a bit like that classic torpedo ship we see back in the uh, early 40s and that. And it was actually a pretty good-looking Batmobile. Was it iconic? Not really. And to be honest, it was largely forgotten until it was basically refinished later on in, uh, well, back in uh, 2014. So overall, that was the first real introduction to an actual Batmobile that we saw. 
but it would pretty much be forgotten by the Batmobile that would come next. And that would be the one we all know and the one that is by far the best Batmobile ever. I'm sorry, but no matter what gets created, no matter what mobile gets built, nothing will compare to the 1966 Batman TV series and TV film. Well, obviously, the greatest Batmobile ever built. Basically, a Lincoln Futura with a few good paint schemes of black and red. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I don't need to go into too much people. Everybody knows what the 1966 Batmobile pretty much looks like. And it was by far the greatest Batmobile ever built. Obviously, it was produced by the world-renowned car designer, George Barris. And obviously, I don't need to go into too much detail, but basically, it was a, 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 basically a debunked prototype car that actually began to build up a lot of traction back in the day before being basically well, shelled out as it basically customer interest waned in the vehicle and honestly it was a pretty cool vehicle it had that dual bubble bubble top on the thing it had uh, obviously a two-door car looked pretty good and uh, but the thing that actually got it chosen to be the batmobile ironically was that uh, common sentiment was coming out about the vehicle and kind of why people began to lose interest was that the front of the end of the vehicle looked too much like a bat and obviously that struck interest in George Barris. You probably remember that little line probably coming out back in their late 50s when this car was being built. And um, what probably inspired him to take up that vehicle and use it as the Batmobile. Now, he would basically take this Ford Futura and in three weeks, three and a half weeks, basically make this the iconic car that we all know and love. And honestly, some of it was kind of rough around the edges. I mean, obviously the back thing that uh, shoots out the flame, the rocket engine, yeah, it was just a bucket on the back, kind of spray-painted black, but it was just iconic-looking overall, and you can tell just by the way it's driven around the street, that obviously it does not have the best, um, probably suspension package on it as well, but it was iconic, it was basically what made the Batmobile the Batmobile, and would be hard to compete with for years, so overall, let's get a little bit about the, obviously, I have to discuss the car a little bit, because, I mean, it's the greatest Batmobile of all time. Overall, though, the wheelbase on this thing was over 126 inches, which is pretty dang big. Length was 226 inches, but it was powered by a 390 Ford FEV8. Now, that wasn't a bad engine, mind you, but uh, obviously it was a little underpowered for the car, not producing enough really to get that big thing moving that well, obviously. But overall, though, obviously the most iconic Batmobile ever built, and honestly still replicated and pretty much made famous today. But the Batmobile would see a long lull before it would hit the mainstream films again. There would be a few comic book serials, obviously, would try to make the Batmobile once again a little bit more noticeable. But uh, it wouldn't come to the silver screen again until 1989 Batman, Batman Returns. And, uh, yeah, this was another iconic Batmobile. The giant turbine engine was basically just a nod to the turbine engines that was supposed to be in the 1966 Batmobile and the giant wings in the back and the overall elongated shape just made the car iconic. But the coolest part about this one was the fact that it had a basically what looked like a fighter jet top on it that slid open on the top because obviously with the way this car was nine it really couldn't accommodate doors. So obviously the cool fighter jet thing only added to the mystique of the car and made it basically a hell of a lot cooler. Now, the movie specs on this car was supposed to be that it could go 300 miles an hour and have, like, 1,700 pounds of torque. Obviously, that wasn't really the case, as the car probably didn't really well, hardly move that fast at all in the films. But overall, it once again became a pretty iconic Batmobile. Well, the next Batmobile would... 
I'm sorry. It is one of the weirder Batmobiles. Batman Forever would. It wasn't. It, it wasn't the worst Batmobile. It definitely wasn't my favorite. Obviously, it had a sort of like a skeleton design with this gigantic ass wing on the sides and the huge ass one on the front that could split in two for reasons unbeknownst to me. The Cooper, I guess, was it could ride up walls, but it was weird overall. This was actually when they started to begin to use the Chevy 350 power plants, the ZZ3 high-performance motor for the cars overall. Obviously, this hasn't been that kind of 90, so obviously was getting as much as it could out of it. Horsepower estimated was about 350 horsepower, but considering this was a movie prop car, the thing probably weighed a metric ton. It was probably a lot of carbon fiber, but not really designed to move at high speeds. Now, the next one... It's, oh, God damn it. Okay, Batman and Robin, 1997. I'm not going to discuss this one too much. Yes, it was not a bad-looking Batmobile, but it switched to a convertible for some unknown godly reason, began to accentuate the old lines and instead of a weird concoction of the uh, previous Batman Forever Batmobile and the first Batman Begins and all that. It, it was weird-looking. I can't say too much about it. Um, open road, apparently it was 230 miles per hour movie and that, blah, 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 blah. It just was kind of weird i can't say much too much about it I, I, I can't anyways the dark knight trilogy this would produce probably the most iconic batmobile that we all know and love other than obviously the 60s and perhaps in my arguing maybe even the new one now this was less of a um batmobile in more of a bat tank in my opinion and it was honestly while it was still a badass looking car and honestly they did a hell of a lot of work to get this thing actually well, basically, a real-life working car. The vehicle actually could smash through concrete barricades, granted they were somewhat weakened, obviously, for the movie, and overall could hit top speeds of 100 miles an hour and could do pretty dang good on a lot of jumps. It basically was a living, driving, working Batmobile. Obviously, you couldn't see shit out of it, but the fact is it was still a cool car, or rather, in my opinion, a tank. But overall... The vehicle was pretty dang cool. I can't deny that fact. It definitely produced a sort of nostalgia and a sort of mystique around it, kind of like the old 60s Batmobile did, and pretty much became the iconic movie car that we all know and love, and what honestly inspired generation to fall in love with Batman all over again. Now, the next Batmobile was, um... It was sad. It was basically a bad knockoff of the Tumbler, making it attempt to look on a cross between the Tumbler and an indie car had a monstrous baby. And uh, unfortunately, this was nowhere near the work put into the Tumbler vehicle. Obviously, since it was only making cameo appearances in a Batman vs. Superman movie, which was, by the way, god-awful in my opinion. Anyways, but um, it overall was just kind of a movie car. The thing could barely hit freeway speeds if even that it had to be sped up and with cool camera shots to make the car even look like it was going fast it definitely didn't have the 100 mile per hour top speed of the tumbler and it was kind of disappointing overall it didn't look terrible it just kind of looked meh like a bad knockoff of a tumbler so um yeah not the best now the suicide batmobile the suicide squad one was um kind of popped in for just a quick minute but it was basically kind of just another knockoff of that type of batmobile not horrible but honestly the last two batmobiles that were we've seen on the silver screen other than the dark knight trilogy were kind of disappointing so when night in 2000 when 2022 sorry my brain is a little bit fried today anyways so in 2022 when the batman was announced to be released this march how is this a little okay let's get one thing out of the way before I proceed any further with this, I won't deny that the first time I saw this Batmobile, when I was first saw some imagery of it and some custom art, honestly, I was very, very concerned, to be honest. I was, it looked a little bit not like something from Batman, but rather something from the Fast and Furious. It basically looked like a very over-the-done, over-the-top Dodge Charger. 
And while the director basically did deny the fact that he basically took inspirations from the Dodge Charger, once I saw it in the film, it basically 180 my opinion of it. Now, it is very much built like some a muscle car, like some basically like Batman's. It's supposed to be like his second year, I think, or something like that. So it's supposed to basically be like something he'd soup up on himself. And overall, it was probably the badass-looking Batmobile I've seen in, well, ever, to be honest. It wasn't just some lame cop chasing or something. It was just badass even in the film. And even the first time it began to fire up and just appeared down that dark alley, it was just it was badass. I'm telling you, just the sounds it made, the way it looked, it just looked something from some horror movie. It was, it was brilliant, to be honest. Now... Let's just give an overall impression of the vehicle and kind of some of the features of it overall. Now, they did try to make this very much a stunt vehicle, and they had several different performance variants of the vehicle as well. First of all, they had an electric variant, which was allowed them to get higher torque ratings, obviously, but also just to be driven around without producing too much noise for filming. Obviously, very important. Now, the hero car, the one that was really important, that was probably the one that was going to be powered by a Chevy V8 engine. Now, we don't have too much as far as what the powertrain was, but estimations put it conservatively about 600 horsepower to get this thing moving. And honestly, when you hear some of the descriptions of what actually is in the front of the car, you'll probably find out why. So overall, though, the car was... And there was a third variant called the jump vehicle, which obviously had a much higher lift kit on it and a much higher suspension ratio, which allowed it to take the impacts of a very big jump that we'd see later in the film. I'm not going to talk too much about the film overall because obviously, if not anybody, everybody has seen it quite yet when I first released this. Honestly, if you haven't by now, you definitely should. But the fact is, is that the Batmobile in the show definitely ducks on some very extreme moves and uh, definitely gets to get moving apparently in the film. And it didn't honestly look like it was taking too many extreme shots to get look like it was moving pretty dang fast but overall there were some things they definitely tried to soup up in the vehicle obviously it looks very much like a hobbled together extreme drag car because obviously it's got the big roll cage and it looks like the interior the interior is very stripped down and honestly it, it looks like something anybody could build it's got a shift knob honestly that looks like something just pull off some kind of drag car and that and the steering wheel literally looks like just an factory orderable rally style wheel it's a steel wheel it's nothing fancy if the interior is just i don't know i could build it probably that's not saying much <laughs> but the fact is is that this thing still looked badass the engine sticking out the back was pretty dang cool and now it's hard to tell what the heck it even was out the back some people were speculating on what kind of engine was based on that but it was probably wrapped up in so much movie prop engine stuff it, it, you probably couldn't tell the difference but the fact they had the jet turbine coming out the back from the engine Looked pretty dang cool as well. I think that was supposed to be the exhaust, but it created off that jet vibe that the original Batmobile had and looked pretty dang badass, to be honest. Now, overall, though, they had some other features that made it, well, necessary to have the EV and the extreme horsepower option available in the car. Now, the jump car didn't have this, but the other two apparently did. The giant bumper on the car, basically taking up the entire front of the grill, is basically one gigantic steel beam basically welded to the front of the car, basically making it possible to do the similar barricade ramming stuff and car hit stuff that would happen in the Dark Knight trilogies, where it would be look like you're ramming through concrete barriers and through cars. Overall, though, the Batmobile in this one looks very much like a modified Dodge Charger, with the rear wings rather than the rear tail section rather going down, forming going up to form a sort of almost looks a little bit like wings now it's not quite as obvious as like the other ones but it's kind of subtly there and then there's actually a little secret to this car as well that i actually didn't notice at first and it took me a minute to notice when i went back the second time to see it and it's definitely there as well and that is the fact that the back 
section of the Batmobile, if you look at it just directly from the back, actually form the symbol of well, the Batman. And it's actually pretty dang cool looking. Now, the first time I saw it in the film, like I said, I was leery about it. As I was leery of a lot of things in this Batman going first, but it was looking pretty even better and better. Obviously, my mind kept going back to that Fast and Furious looking car, and I won't deny it has Fast and Furious vibes. But it definitely looks more like the Batmobile just the moment it fires up. It's got these cool red lights that stuck out the side. And it's got these afterburners. I think it's the exhaust intakes or the manifolds basically coming out the bottom of the car and towards the front. Looking like it's just shooting flames out the side. Now the director, I think his name is uh, yeah Matt Reeves. Basically, he said he was inspired by Christine. Basically, he wanted to make a car that looked like something from a horror movie that scared the living, well shit out of people the moment the thing fires up he wanted a horror-like presence to the car so apparently it was also another cool thing about this car is also it was a four-wheel drive as well obviously to get that kind of horsepower to get that car moving you need something to pack a lot of power and you could tell it was a four-wheel drive in this one scene where he is a certain chase where literally the car is kind of just skidding around the turn almost like it's drifting now Honestly, if it's a rear-wheel drive under the conditions that it was driving in, again, I don't want to go too much detail, it would have normally probably, unless the guy's got really good handling, probably ended up spitting out. But, I don't know, it's not entirely impossible, but the way it was handling definitely looked like it was a four-wheel drive. Now, it had some interesting choices, like, literally, it looked like he took a, well, a piece of sewer drainage and just decided to weld it onto the side of his tires looking like some kind of tank tread tires i guess it was supposed to give the impression there are some questionable design choices but honestly it's minuscule it, it looks like a basically a rugged batmobile basically this film is supposed to take place like i said two years before batman starts and it definitely looks like something he would later produce and basically something he built off and the thing i found cool was it was hinting at it the whole entire movie now if you go see it I don't want to give these any spoilers, obviously. I'm going to keep saying that, but honestly, I'll probably keep leaking more and more as I keep speaking like an idiot. But um, now, if you pay attention, if you're just barely going, or if you've gone a second time, or if you're planning on going a second or a third, pay attention to the background. And honestly, they make it kind of obvious, but literally, you just... Every time he goes into that bat cave, you see an engine laying here, camshafts lying over there, valves over here, exhaust and manifold. Basically, there's little parts of the Batmobile just lying all over the bat cave, showing that... As this investigation progresses, so it seems to be the building of the Batmobile. And like I said, overall though, in my opinion, I think this one rivals very much so the one Tumblr from The Dark Knight Rises. Now we'll have to see that apparently this is going to be a trilogy as well. But overall though, the Charger-esque looking Chevy-powered extreme muscle car horror film vehicle... It was pretty badass looking to begin with. There's another film that came out a little while ago. What was the name of it? Oh, yeah. In case you've ever watched a movie called Death Proof in 2007, basically a nostalgia-esque kind of cheesy little horror movie, basically about a car, basically a stuntman that goes basically insane and takes his ridiculously ridiculous car and goes on a rampage. But basically, it had that kind of murder-esque extreme vibes to it. And apparently, even the driver, the stuntman who was driving the Batmobile, even did work for that film as well. But overall, just to sum everything up, this Batmobile is by far one of the most impressive Batmobiles I've seen built in a long time. And honestly, it's the first time since the Tumbler. Well, obviously, there wasn't too many in between there. But basically, the Tumbler and pretty much the 66 Batmobile were the only ones that were actually, well, drivable vehicles. And they kind of gotten away from that a little bit with the poorly made Zack Snyder films. But, um... It actually got back to its roots with just basically taking a stock muscle car 
and making it into a badass, almost horror-esque looking killing machine that was basically from the comic books. Now, obviously, it doesn't have the nostalgia factors that obviously the 60s Batmobiles is going to induce or the badass looking, tank-ass looking extreme deathmobile that the Tumblr has, but it creates a sort of nuance to the car. The Batmobile, or the Batman in the series as well, is very much a nuanced basically more of a grounded in more extreme Batman that's more horror-esque in the film than anything else. Rather than the, well, fly in and beat the shit out of every criminal he sees type guy. He still does it, but it's much more terrifying in some situations. So overall, though, this Batmobile promises to be, if they continue using it and don't slowly change it, even if they do change it, I'm kind of anxious to see where they lead it to. If they kind of just slowly metamorphosize it into more and more of the Batmobile, it might actually look pretty damn cool by the end of this trilogy they supposedly are making. But anyways, that finishes up my ludicrous car review. And honestly, if my opinion, if you're looking for a good movie to see and haven't seen it yet, definitely go check out The Batman. It is by far one of the most best Batman films I have ever seen, pretty much since The Dark Knight Rises. Well, not Dark Knight Rises, honestly. The Dark Knight Trilogy. Because honestly, I think Batman was always lacking something, even in that trilogy as well. He didn't have that sort of, well, he wasn't a detective. And this one definitely takes on that role a hell of a lot more. Strongly recommend the film, and strongly recommend checking out the Batman mobile in more detail. You gotta check out pictures of it, because overall, especially in the film, it is pretty damn cool. Anyways, that'll conclude today's ludicrous car of the month, the Batmobile. More specifically, the Batman's Batmobile. I hope you all have a great day and a wonderful night. If you enjoyed this episode, like and subscribe. I'll be back next week with a normal car review and a lot more car news as I have been backed up the last two weeks as I have failed to do any news on any car stuff. And there definitely has been news to report. So yes, I'll have a lot of news next week, but I will be able to cram in a car review that I think you will all find very interesting. Anyways, have a great day and a wonderful night. Goodbye.